This week's edition of the Northeast Newscast is brought to you by the Northeast Kansas City International Taste and Tour. This annual event includes 20 restaurants, traditional dancing, a market bazaar from around the world, and a bus tour of the historic Northeast community. Tickets can be purchased for as low as $50 online. So visit www.nekcchamber.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Northeast Newscast. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, and I'll be joined this week by Major Jim Thomas of the East Patrol Division. Having just completed his first six months at the new division, Major Thomas discusses how he's fit in at East Patrol, what he's doing to help curb violent crime in the community, the implementation of East Patrol's new impact squad, and how he stays so positive even when there's so much chaos in the world. Perhaps more than anything, that positivity defines Thomas. And I hope you'll see that in this episode. Here's my discussion with East Patrol Division's Commander, Major Jim Thomas. Paul Thompson here, sitting at East Patrol with Commander Major Jim Thomas. I appreciate you taking the time today. How are you? Absolutely. Doing great. First and foremost, thank you for taking the time. And I guess I just wanted to start by talking to you about, you said it's been roughly six months since you've been uh, taking the helm over here at East Patrol. So I guess I just wanted to get your thoughts. How's the fit here? Just how are you feeling about the gig? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm the kind of leader that, that usually comes in, and I, I usually assess things for about two to three months. Yeah. Um, the fortunate thing for me is I had relieved Major Joe McHale, and things were really going pretty good here at the time. So, But be that as it may, I, I did assess, and, and, and I always usually come in with with um, three things that, that, that I would like every officer or every employee to know um, that, that works under my command. And, and they are the things that, that I feel um, that not only benefit us as people, but also benefit the community. And that was, number one was crime reduction and looking for efforts to, to reduce crime. Uh, number two is community relations. And then number three, which, is, which uh, I think is, is just as important as the other two is, is morale. Uh, morale is extremely important to me. I, I believe that that um, when it comes to morale um, with me, it, it's about building relationships, whether that's in the community or whether that's with the officers. So it's more than just passing and saying hello, and you know, it, it's actually stopping and knowing that if if somebody's been off sick, you know, uh, with a sick kid, getting to know the details about that. So in other words. Um, getting to know everybody as a person instead mm-hmm. of just as an employee. And what I found is when, when you take the time to do that, that transitions and gives them an example of how it is that I would like them to engage the community because it's the same way. So, so similar with our relationship, you know, sure. we, you know, we, we know each other more than just as Paul at Northeast news and major Thomas at East patrol. You know, sure. we, we've seen each other at several events and we talk about things other than, just newsworthy type things, right, so, and yeah. that's the exact same thing that I'm trying to do here with the employees, all the way down out out to the community. So, so with the crime reduction, I, I will say that that has been a challenge. Um, we do have a weekly crime meeting that we that we hold. We do assess crime. Um, the the biggest problem with the crime reduction was was actually dedicating officers to certain areas or problems um, where I feel like we needed resources. Um, and I know we're going to talk about the impact squad a little bit later, and that was part of that assessment and the need to create the impact squad. So, so, um, so crime reduction, um, we, we, I, do, we, I, I do believe we are making a difference there. 
Um, and the strategy behind that is, is, is I, I have um, a crime analyst that looks for problem areas or problem people, and, and we do focus deterrence and we focus on those individuals. So How does that analyst identify those problem people? Through, it's a lot of work. So <laughs> I, I am not a crime analyst personally, um, but what, what he does is, is he looks at every single crime that occurs on a weekly basis and he pulls every single report and he looks for commonalities in between those. So there's social networking, uh, people that we know that are linked to other people, people that we know are more active in the zone. And of course, there's, there's a working relationship with not, not only uh, people out in the community, but people within the department that don't necessarily work here at East Patrol. So, mm -hmm. so uh, it's, it's through a lot of research and a lot of analytics that he's able to identify individuals. And that, like I said, that comes from the Violent, Violent Crimes Enforcement Division, the Narcotics and Vice Unit, who we've worked very closely with and targeting those individuals. So, so with that piece, um, the crime piece, I, I do believe that we are making greater headway right now with the crime meetings and the analysis information that we're getting so that we can actually target individuals and locations. Was it somewhat of a surprise just how immense of a challenge it was to kind of tackle that crime prevention element? Yes, um, and and the big difference, I, I've had the opportunity to work all three major urban core divisions, mm -hmm. Center, Metro, and East Patrol. And I will say the one thing um, that has been different from the other two zones versus East Patrol is the crime seems to be a lot more random. Than, than it is linked together or pattern type crimes. Mm -hmm. Now we do have pattern types, type crimes, but it seemed like when I was in Metro and I was in Center Zone that, that uh, we had more pattern type crimes. So for instance, down in the Power and Light District, you know, if we saw a series of robberies, we could link those real quick. Right. Here in East Patrol, it's, it's just, it's so random and, and we don't always make those connections as quickly as as we would like to so so that's been that's probably been the biggest difference between those two zones versus mm -hmm. east patrol um but but we i do feel like we do have a good plan in place and, and we are making headway in that area does that kind of lead you to believe that the crimes in east patrol aren't as often premeditated um as a result yes of an argument no. or something yeah that yeah no, yes and no I, I i will say um they they are they are some of them are are crimes of of just chance over in center zone so for instance when my wife was robbed mm -hmm. um that she she was she was targeted she she was identified as somebody that was weak and and she was robbed mm -hmm. here in east patrol uh, i i don't see that as often i i don't see them as crimes of of just um pre premeditated a lot of them are based off of arguments a lot of them are um um, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. A drug deal uh, gone wrong or something of that nature. Drug deal gone wrong, argument over a girlfriend, mm -hmm. argument over a boyfriend, family arguments. And, and they're, they're more, I'm going to decide to do this right now mm -hmm. and it's going to happen. And in some cases, uh, unfortunately, it, it involves gun violence. Mm -hmm. And as uh, it's no secret that, that um, East Patrol, we, we are one of the most um, violent crime divisions historically within, there's within, more homicides in east patrol than any other i actually was looking at that while i was sitting out in the lobby it was one of the things i pulled up and i think it's at uh, 38 for this year which actually believe it or not i know uh, overall crime or homicides are up in the city but actually in east patrol that number 30 is like five less than there were at this time last year yes that is correct and actually it's it's uh there there's been we've seen a shift down to metro 
to where actually their homicides are actually um, greater than than East Patrol right now. But yes, you are correct. It's still it's still a high number, the but it is a number. decrease over last year at this time. Hey. Can you uh, attribute any anything specific to that, or do we want to jump right into the impact squad you, right now? We we can certainly jump right into the impact squad if you'd like. Sure. Uh, yeah, we can. So so after about three months, I it came very apparent to me that that I it, it was hard for me to demand of the officers out on the streets because they're going call to call that I needed some kind of proactive team, a team that that wasn't necessarily um, dedicated to answering calls that could focus on individuals and focus on properties that we were having a problem with. And so with that came uh, the creation of, of the impact squad, which consists of one sergeant and four officers. Now, the, the thing that everybody needs to understand, it, it's still in trial period. Um, it's, it's, um, it's more of a special assignment, so they're, they are not, they're not dedicated full time to that. Now, the goal is to, to, to show that this, this has been no pun intended, but impactful, um, and that, that I, I do need these proactive resources to address, you know, certain crimes as they as they become detectable through either crime analysis or through through the community. So, so in answer to your question, I know that's a, a long answer, but yes, I, I do believe that the impact unit has made a difference in not only our homicides, but 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 in but in crime overall. How would you describe the work that they do? I mean, it, it, would it be fair to categorize them as something of like your own little internal Nova unit or something of that nature, or yeah, is so, it a little different than that? Yeah, so Nova is really a concept, and, and it's not really a, a unit. So there's a big misconception about Nova when it came out that they were a unit. Right. Um, Nova, Nova is more of a concept, um, and, and that concept is, is, is we are going to try to identify people that, that maybe we can find alternative ways to get them help. Mm -hmm. um, so so uh, you're probably talking more about the Violent Crimes Enforcement Division, sure. which makes up the the, the bulk the of the actual Nova. Yeah, yes. and that's and, the PD side and, of it, because I know that NOVA also consists of prosecutors and, and, and federal agencies and things of that nature, so I don't mean to simplify it too much. Right. For, for the lay individual who maybe doesn't understand the inner workings of something like that, um, I mean, you think of it as a unit that is essentially its goal is to combat little pockets of crime or elements that have sprung up throughout East Patrol. Yes. Yeah. The, the impact squad yeah. is what you're yes. talking about. Yes. yes. So, Sorry. so, so basically, a a a mini violent crimes enforcement type squad is mm -hmm. is what they are. And and what I will do is is at that weekly crime meeting, um, the crime analyst will analyze the crime, and I ask him for three things: uh, any patterns. Um, that, that, that he's able to identify. Uh, for instance, last week, um, he was able to identify an aggravated assault pattern involving four aggravated assaults that occurred probably within a five-block five radius where we had literally gunfights that took place. So we're, we're talking shell casings that were found at four different scenes. But of, matching? Uh, mat yeah, four, three different calibers, but all seemed to be linked together. But... 30 plus, you know, rounds of ammunition from two different locations. So this is in the historic so, Northeast or is this? No, this was down, this was down South. Oh, okay. So down around 45th and Agnes area. Sure. So, so, so he was able to identify that. So, so with that, it's, it's, um, what, what houses, what, who, who, um, where are, 
what is contributing to that problem because we haven't had that problem before. And, and I, I, I can't give you the specific address, but we have identified a house in that particular area. And from this, so now where this will go is, is it will go to the impact squad and it will be, I need you to go find everything out about this house. Um, the, and, and if it is a, a rental type property, which they usually are, mm -hmm. um, I will reach out to the, the ownership um, of the property and tell them, hey, we've got this going on. I'm going to ask for your cooperation because the last thing I want to do is, is keep, you know, remove people from the house, mm -hmm. although I, I do have the ability to, to do that. What I want to have happen is, is I want those landlords to be responsible for their tenants and make sure that they are bringing in tenants that, that are going to be respectful of the community and, and help the community in the long run. So, so um, this did stem from a, a large party um, that occurred at that house. It, it hasn't been something that, that's occurred there in the past. So it will be to go to that house and see if we can see cooperation first through the people that are living there and then through the, the uh, actual owner of the house. Oh, interesting. So when I guess this one would have come from the crime analyst. They, they, they recognize a pattern. How much information do you usually need before the crime analyst intel is brought to so this impact? So actually, this one was actually picked up through through a sergeant who works on, on midnights. Oh, okay. Because so it happened over a two-day period. He's like, there's something going on here. <laughs> so that was shifted to the crime analyst. He takes a look at it. Yes, I, I, we, we have... We have these two that I believe are connected and these two are connected, um, but it, it requires a lot of work of him because what he'll do is he'll pull all the reports mm -hmm. from both of those incidents and he's looking, he's looking for things such as, such as names. If, if anybody happened to be identified, sometimes there will be a report that's taken um, that, that isn't general information, but it has information about who we think may be involved or a location that may be involved. And in this particular case, we were able to gather that information. So, so a witness would, threw out a couple names of people who were present. Yes, yes. And then from there, you were able to kind of see where the there's the Venn diagram and, and where the connections are? Absolutely. So, so, so in this case, uh, this will be passed on, like I said, to the impact squad, and they will start working that area. So, so w when we have the weekly crime meeting, I'm, I'm asking the crime analysts to look for patterns, um, look for for people, so patterns of crime, so robberies. We, we also had a carjacking pattern that we identified. Now that that was identified through the crime analyst um, that 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 goes into Center Zone and East Patrol. So so uh, he was able to identify that. But with that came some names. So um, they they will also be working that. So so the crime analyst when we come to our crime meeting is looking for. First of all, pattern type crimes. So, ag you know, those aggravated crimes, um, aggravated assaults, assaults, um, robberies, um, you know, thing, things of that nature. And then the property crime sergeant analyzes all the property crimes, your burglaries, your stealings. And, and if, if, if she is able to identify somebody that we need to focus on, then I can put the impact squad on, on them as well. It's pattern crimes that we're looking at. The second thing are individuals that, that we should be looking at that are causing, that are coming up on a lot of reports uh, through that social network analysis work that he does through another officer that's assigned to the division office. And then any problem areas that, that he happens to identify. So those, those are the three things that I'm asking him to look at. And then from there, it's shifted to the officers out on the streets. Um, and it's also shifted to mainly the impact squad because they have the time 
to actually dedicate the resources to work those problems. Can you maybe pinpoint some areas <clears throat> in the historic Northeast where that impact squad has, I guess, had an impact? <laughs> yes, a a absolutely. So um, in in uh, the uh, 4600 block of Morrell, mm -hmm. um, and I'll, I'll just keep the address very generic. I think that's probably um, the way to do it. And so I, I got a call from, from uh, a community member and uh, actually emails and calls from community members in the historic Northeast that were reporting a lot of activity from a certain house in that block. But associated with that was a lot of gunfire. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of gunfire, unusual cars coming in. So I turned that over to the impact squad. They, they were able to conduct some surveillance. Um, we were able to identify that that house was a rental. And in this particular case, there was the likelihood that, that if, if I didn't displace that immediately, that there was going to be somebody that was going to be shot or possibly even killed. Um, so, so with that in mind, um, I, I brought in, we have a codes enforcement officer that's assigned here that is also a part of that impact squad um, that was able to do some research on that particular house and found out that they, they were um, in arrears on, on uh, water bill and some, some other utilities and we were able to close that house immediately. So that particular house was, was closed within a 24-hour period of it being reported to us. Wow. So what happens then to the individuals? How, how much do you monitor them after you get them dispersed from their residence? Uh, in this particular case, there, there were two that were arrested. Oh, okay. So that worked out really good. And do you keep an eye then on maybe some of the ancillary characters that are affiliated with the house? Uh, and the absolutely. Operation? So there have been other cases where we've had individuals that we've displaced that, that we already know, that, that we, we already know that, that they're associated with a certain gang. And they're actually being tracked by, by elements other than just this division or the impact squad, so the the violent crimes enforcement division, and and yes, that they do keep a track on them. Oh, interesting. Now, are there other examples then where where something similar has taken place in the Northeast, and and you've been able to, I guess, either arrest or. I guess eliminate the the issue from that neighborhood. Yeah, there's there's been a couple others, um, not closures like we had in that 46. Not that block. quick of a turnaround. Uh, yeah, because like I said, I, I the goal is not to put people out. Yeah. I, I I don't like doing that. I I will usually reserve that for for cases where where I feel like like something is going to happen if I don't take action real quick. So I, I do have two, actually three addresses that I'm working with. I, I don't even think I want to give you the block because they're active locations. Sure. But, but two of them are, are suspected drug houses that we're looking at that, that I have not only the impact squad looking at, but the narcotics and vice unit looking at. Um, and then I have another location where, where we have juveniles um, that, that are living in a house and a mother that's working that's having trouble controlling the actions of her juvenile while she's at work. And there's been a lot of reports that they've been involved in thefts, possible drug activity up in the Northeast area. So the plan with her is, is I've been working with social workers to try to get her help and try to get her kids into programs through like um, um, organizations such as the Police Athletic League, sure. trying to get them into something else other than to what it is that they're doing. So. So, um, yeah, so right, actively right now, there are three different locations in the Northeast that I'm working both on the Indian Mound side and the, the uh, Scarlet Renaissance Neighborhood Association. Is that, um, 
relatively normal to be working on three or four at a time? Is that kind of how the impact squad has been rolled out where you have I, multiple different cases you I, have your hands on? I try not to give them more than three. <laughs> um, I, I, I think right now I have them up to about six. Okay, so you give them up to a couple dozen, then you have the same issue that your officers on yes. the street have where they can't actually do everything. They're just stretched so thin that they're they're barely making contact with any of them and not solving any of the cases, yeah. right? And, and and you know, and the other well, the other thing too is is I also have um, the community inter- interaction officer, Officer Smith, um, and there and soon we will have a second community interaction officer here. And so what I've asked Officer Smith to do is is nuisance type crimes that that we have i i I would like you to handle that with with um with another officer Mm -hmm. and when we get that second for interaction officer that will be the second permit off permanent officer that he uses but but a lot of times sergeant lemoyne who is the operations sergeant will go out with him um officer adair who is assigned to the smart policing initiative Mm -hmm. uh, will go out with them and they identify those those what i call nuisance type issues so i can point to one example Right, we, the 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 bus. The, there's an individual yes, who uh, who has a, a big black bus that he was parking on the neighbor, uh, well, around the neighborhoods and yes. was moving it around to several different locations. He, you know, apparently at one time had lived in the bus or wanted to use it for work or starting, you know, a kind of like a bus rental operation. But in the meantime, you can't legally just park a bus on a street like that. At Absolutely. All times. So I, I do know that uh, Officer Smith was involved in kind of sitting down with that guy. I don't know what's come of it. Maybe you can speak well, to that. Yeah, absolutely. I, that, and, and, you know, uh, that, that's a great example. So that was something that I, that I turned over to Officer Smith. It was, there was a plan that was set in place initially um, that was communicated to the community so that, they, so that most of them knew anyways that when they called the police to come out and check on the bus that they probably weren't going to take any action on it because what we needed to do was get that bus moving so that we could – so that we could stop it and bring in traffic or the commercial vehicle inspector. But over time, uh, we, we learned that, that maybe this person um, just just needed to talk to some other people. So mm-hmm. there was a meeting that did take place last week with, with the, the leadership of Indian Mound, um, the owner of the bus, Officer Smith, and a mediator. And, and they came to a resolution to where he's actually able to keep his bus in that neighborhood and 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 because because people sought to understand the other person's point of view um there 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 was a resolution that came out that that was agreeable to everybody at the table well the answer is not always fire and brimstone no no it's not (laughs) um well it's interesting now where do you see the impact squad moving from here what are your goals for it moving forward Uh, what i would like to do is is i'd like to be able to show and i have and i'm going to give you some statistics on just what they've done in the short time that they've been together and i i think we're looking at about oh pretty close to two and a half months right now that they've been together um, but but the idea is is that that I will be able to show what it is that they've done, that there is a need to have them here, and then and have those have their positions um, assigned here permanently. So a sergeant and four officers that would be permanently assigned to this unit. So uh, over the course of two months, uh, they they have apprehended a rape suspect. There have been uh, two uh, federal warrants that they were asked to assist with that they made arrest on four homicide suspects. Uh, arrest, I should I should say, subjects of interest or suspects. Mm-hmm. Um, so not convictions; these are arrests. Yeah, arrest. Okay. Uh, approximately twenty, what we call stop orders, where we don't have enough to actually issue a warrant yet, but people that were connected to either aggravated assaults, rapes, child abuse, 
Um, in other words, people that the investigative units, the detectives were looking for, um, they were able to go out and bring these people in so that they could they could get face to face in front of a detective <laughs> and be asked questions. Um, about a dozen uh, gun recoveries, about a dozen stolen autos recovered, and approximately 20 houses that we've taken action with, um, either abatement through through um, the the landlord, the actual owner of the property, or bringing in codes or or um, a team to to do mowing and things like that. Now, if you'll allow me a quick aside, I wanted to relay some extra statistics that Major Thomas was able to provide me after our conversation. As it relates to the impact squad, he found one stop in which the impact squad was able to recover 46 grams of crack and another in which 100 grams of narcotics were able to be recovered. Between a litany of smaller recoveries, he estimated that at least another 50 grams were recovered. So there's some food for thought. Uh, A frustration that I've heard from officers in the past is this trend of criminals being arrested on substantial crimes and ended up, you know, being released on their own recognizance and coming back out and kind of creating havoc in the community over and over again. And I noticed some neighborhoods or, you know, some individuals in neighborhoods, I feel like they're sort of under attack. Okay, yes. That and that, and Paul, that does happen quite a bit. Now with these, these were more serious offenses. I, I don't know if, if, if uh, and now with the stop, stop orders, right. usually most of those people are questioned and then usually released. Right. They're, they're, they're usually somehow connected to something, but, but they could be completely innocent. So, right. so we just want to talk to them. Um, in the more serious type cases, the homicides, uh, usually not. Now, I, I think I do know what you're talking about. Let, let's say the burglar, <laughs> right. the burglar that we arrest. And, and, and this is something that we deal with. You know, um, we will arrest them. We will have charges on them and they will be released and they're back out in the neighborhood. Right. Um, that's something that that, uh, that that we are trying to work with the prosecutor on. We do have a prosecutor in-house um, and she has been helping us with that. Is it is it normal to have a prosecutor in-house and, and how beneficial is that? Um, it's it's been extremely beneficial, um, and no, it's not. We're one of the few divisions that that has that, um, and she's able to take those the not only the the property crimes, the burglaries and the stealings, but also the the other the other crimes, the aggravated crimes, and take those and and work those specific to East Patrol. And when I when I talked about relationships at the beginning, the re- making relationships with officers, making relationships with the community, that's that's the exact same kind of idea that we're talking about here is because she she has a relationship here at East Patrol and it's more than just getting on the phone and making a call to any any prosecutor over at Jackson County. Mm-hmm. She she knows the faces, the, the people that work here, and because of those relationships, we can have those one-on-one conversations with her. And as you mentioned, I mean, if the people that are working here have relationships with the community and they understand, you know, the pain, the, the fear, things of that nature from those who have been affected by these people, maybe that kind of greases the wheels a little bit. I, I guess maybe that's yes, one, of, one of those benefits to having somebody in-house is that they have an opportunity to interact on a daily basis with the officers of East Patrol and find out what issues are really affecting the community. Yeah, that that is absolutely correct. Excellent. Well, I wanted to uh, bring up something to you. We, we kind of touched ancillary, ancillarily on some of these issues. Uh, we, you know, we talked about the homicides at East Patrol. I think we're up to 104 now citywide, which is a somewhat alarming number. Mm-hmm. I think when you, you sit around and think about it uh, and, and where that rate is looking as it, as it relates to last year, uh, I know that the surge of violent crime has been disheartening for a lot of Kansas City, Missouri residents, 
And I have to believe that's amplified when you work at PD and see it every day. So I would just ask you, how, how do you handle the emotional toll of some of the, when you see a, a surge of violence in the city? Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good question. And, and um, I, I think just through our own personal conversations, I, I know that you know that I'm a strong person of faith and I do, I do have, I, I do try to make sense of everything that, that everything happens for a particular reason. Um, I do live by hope that, that not everything is hopeless. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so to answer your question, a, a lot of it is, is faith. Mm -hmm. I, I, I really do rely on my faith and I, I Paul, I do have some very bad days where I do go home and I do wonder, am I really, are we making a difference? And I actually have officers that will come up to me, or do you really think we're making a difference, Major? Mm -hmm. And and I and I explain to them, um, yes, yes, we are. And sometimes I have to even remind myself of the things that, that I tell the officers because I do believe this. And and this and it, and it goes something like this. So so number one, um, I I live by a hope that that um that that things can get better. Okay, um, and then number two, when it comes to the officers, when I'm asked, are, do you think we're making a difference? Which I do get that question quite a bit, and I do wonder myself, just like I self-admittedly said, you're only human, right? Um, I mean, you have to when you see the numbers it, going. It up. is that that um, w you don't look at just the homicides as us not making a difference. Yes, the violent crime is up, the homicides are up, but if you think for a second that that we're not making a difference. I only ask you to, to look to a country like Iraq mm -hmm. or Afghanistan, where, where they don't really have the American the law enforcement officer, where they're trying to get that because because they want to model what it is that we have here in the states. Right. And look at look at how out of control it is over in in those types of countries. It is my belief because of the American law enforcement officer that we have in in the United States that that we don't we don't have those things going on over over. Um, like we do in in Iraq and Afghanistan. So so it's all to say that that um, that that it, it, if we all just threw our hands up and just said, you know what, I, I give up. We can't make a difference. Um, we 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 would find ourselves in a much worse state. No, absolutely. No, I think there's there's something to be said for that. And I I have to imagine at times it's difficult. I, you know, one thing I I note about you is that. You're kind of a beacon of positivity, and, and like you Try mentioned, it. it's a process. You know, even even for you, it's something that you you have to remind yourself of, and and you know, question at times and things of that nature, just like any other human. But I wonder if, um, in terms of that positivity, do you see things like the Impact Squad and 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 take some of these numbers that you just read out to me, and, and kind of use that to bolster your belief in? That things are going the right way. Oh yeah, absolutely. So so when I this is a quarterly report that I that I received that I gave you all those all those um, statistics from, but but yes, but but it's but it's not only it's not only looking at, at statistics. It's if you remember when we started talking about the impact squad, we talked about that 2300 block of Lawndale, mm -hmm. and and we had had a homicide over there. We had had. I believe two or three aggravated assaults involving gunfire. We had identified four houses that were a problem in that block, and and from that, um, there there was a through the impact squad that that had just been created. Um, we we put that the, the impact squad got together with the codes enforcement. Um, there was solid waste was involved in that. We 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 had several um, Kansas City entities that that came to that block 
including the Violent Crimes Enforcement Division, which was internally narcotics and vice. And, and with that, we were able to bring peace to that block. And I, and I got three calls and I got a letter from somebody, an email letter from somebody that was saying, thank you for the peace that you brought back to this block. Um, because, the, the, you know, I, I, I go to meeting after meeting after meeting about, uh, for instance, the, the 4600 block of Morrell. Mm -hmm. um, when, I, when I hear people living in fear, um, I, I, I know that it's my job to try to bring peace to that. And so, so when you talk about that positive encouragement, um, yes, just not through the impact squad or things that they're telling me that they're doing, but through the actual community. And when I get feedback from the community, um, such as residents in the 2300 block of, of Lawndale and even in the 4600 block of Morrell, the people that lived in that area that reached back out, thank you. Th thank you for doing that. You know, that that is extremely gratifying and, and, and it's good for me to hear because it does continue moving me down that path mm -hmm. of positive thinking, which is which is definitely the way that I like to think. Before we tie up the subject of the 2300 block of Lawndale, I want to read back some statistics that Major Thomas handed me after our conversation was complete. Over the course of two days of enforcement, arrests were made on 12 felony warrants, two misdemeanor warrants, and seven city warrants. Six vehicles were towed, as well as two stolen motorcycles and a Polaris UTV, which were also believed to be stolen. They also found a sawed-off shotgun, a stolen pistol, a bullet-resistant vest, methamphetamines, and other drug paraphernalia. More importantly to Thomas and the rest of the department, multiple properties were posted and boarded up, and the neighborhood was left in a better place than when they found it. Not bad for a couple of days' work. Do, do you find that... I know, um, you know Chief Smith has only been in office two or three weeks now, um, and it's been just over a month since it was announced that he was going to be taking over mm -hmm. as Chief of Police. But... I imagine, I think you mentioned that you had a meeting with him this morning. Do you, when he hears about what you're doing with the impact squad, it, do you have that support from above? Uh, right, the, the meeting's different. It's, it's more on crime analysis sure. uh, right now. So, so um, You don't want to put words in his mouth? Yeah, don't want to put words in his mouth. Um, <laughs> so we have a weekly crime meeting with him, um, mm -hmm. and we go over all the, all the crime within each division. Um, and, and I don't really talk about, like, we made this arrest over here and we did this over here. Mm -hmm. It's more, it's more looking at, at pattern crimes and, and, and crime trends that we happen to notice. And what is it that we're doing about those crime trends? So a little bit different than the discussion that we're having where I'm going a little bit deeper in the weeds and sure. saying, we arrested this person. We, we did action in this block. So, so it's a, it's a different type of meeting. Okay. Well, that being said, what, what have you seen so far from, from his leadership? It, it, can you speak to just if I, I imagine it's probably too early for things to have changed wholesale, but are, are there things about his style that, that you can point to that you think it can maybe help East Patrol moving forward? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and uh, one thing about uh, Chief Smith is is he sat in this chair, mm -hmm. literally. <laughs> so he was the commander of East Patrol. Right. Um, he, he also was the commander over at Center Zone. So I think he sees from, from our perspective as division commanders um, what it is that, that we need to be successful. So, so, um, so with that, um, it, it would be my hope that there is a plan in place that moves us to that direction. Excellent. Well, just looking out at how you see East Patrol today, you said you're at about the six-month mark now. Do you see improvements? I, I do. Um, you know, one, one thing, I, when I talked about morale and, why, and that's extremely important to me, 
um, I, I started a, a quarter, actually a monthly morale meeting, mm-hmm. and and I, I have two officers from each watch, so there's six officers that come in, and we just talk about things, things that, 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 they're, that they're not getting equipment-wise, things maybe that they're not getting support-wise, or even things that as simple as, as crazy as it sounds, the, 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 the cleanliness of the station, right. you know, the, the eating area, you know. Um, we've, had, we've had four meetings. We have one tomorrow. Um, it'll be the fourth month. I, I just had a staff meeting with my captains the day before yesterday, and they told me, hey, I think when, tomorrow you're going to find that, that you're going to be able to probably move that meeting back to once a quarter because morale is really, really good. So when you talk about have, have I seen things better internally here um, at East Patrol, I, I don't know what they were like before, but I can tell you that, that the feedback that I'm getting from, from not only the captains, I, I told you, I think I told you earlier, I do what's called a walkabout through the station mm-hmm. every morning, and I go out and I talk to everybody, you know, and, and, and just the feedback that I'm getting from them, I, I, I do feel morale is, is really good here. So internally, yes. Externally, yes, with, with, with the impact squad and, and some of the initiatives that we that, and relationships that we have with the Violent Crimes Enforcement Division and Narcotics and Vice, yes, I, I do feel like we're making a difference on the outside as well. And some of this stuff, the impact squad, uh, maybe not necessarily something that the general public will see those results day in and day out. Sometimes they do. You go to a block and you get rid of people that are out of house causing trouble. But what can the community look to in the next six months uh, as you close out your first year here as bright spots, areas where they can find positivity explicitly moving forward over the next six months? Can you yeah, point to a couple areas? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I just, I got out of a meeting and, and it, it, it involves a, a certain area, probably a 10 block area. Um, and and they have been they've had the same problems in that area for the last 20 plus years mm-hmm. um and that meeting today was we know that 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 the police cannot solve this problem because we've been trying for 20 plus years mm-hmm. I, I that that meeting that that i left had people that lived in that area for over 20 years and but they continue to be frustrated with with the lack of progress that's being made. So when I talked about that, that, you know, hey, when I see a house that, that needs to be closed immediately, I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna close that house. This one's a little bit different because I, I could actually put the impact squad down there, but it's gonna displace the problem maybe a block or two, mm-hmm. north or south, east or west, and it's not really gonna get rid of the problem. So today's meeting, and, and, this, and this is where I really would like to, to continue to move um, in the direction of today was the first meeting, but but we, we're gonna we're gonna have additional meetings that are gonna take place. They're gonna that are gonna have people at the table other than the residents that live in the community and the police. So stakeholders, faith-based folks, um, um, social workers. Um, since we're dealing with prostitution issues, uh, drug rehab folks, um, because we we're dealing with people that have drug issues in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and so in other words, Paul, coming up with with a strategy that we that we can test in this particular area, and and let's see if it works. And if it works, I've got other areas where that same model will work. So, so it's it's going to be a, a strategy that involves more than than just the police department and the community. 
Now, I, I can point you to a couple of neighborhoods where I've got, where we have strong relationships with the community mm -hmm. and the police and things are going pretty good there. This particular neighborhood um, just happens to be located in an area where, where a lot of that drug and alcohol activity and loitering is, has always been prevalent. And so, so moving forward, um, it would be, how do I, uh, how, how do I fix a problem that's been there for over 20 years? I, I'm pretty good at fixing problems that's, that, that have been there maybe a month, mm -hmm. but how do I fix those problems that have been there for 20 years? So, so it's going to involve other things like, like um, one thing we do here is, is we, hold, we hold job fairs here, and, and we're, we're actually holding one for felons <laughs> because, I, because I've, I've realized that, that um, um, some, a lot of people aren't, they're in a situation because they don't think that they have any other alternative to get out. So, so when I was approached about you know, a, a job fair at, at, you know, at East Patrol for felons, because this person had had good good employers that that are looking to hire felons. I was <laughs> like, well, yeah, that seems like a good idea to me. Um, right. A lot. Of, I, I I would. There there, there are some um, that that have looked at me and they think I'm crazy for doing it. Um, but but when I look at it, uh, Paul, it's it's. I I know that I I have to come up with other ways to solve problems because some of the ways that we've come up with solving problems aren't. So moving forward, it is that place that's been, it's that thing, it's that place that's been a long lasting problem that's been there probably even before I even started policing 26 years ago. How do I put a strategy in place that is gonna fix that problem? Well, it sounds like you have your work cut out for you. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that for this one. I, I really do appreciate you yeah, sitting down absolutely. and uh, thanks yeah. for being a part of this. Yeah, absolutely, right. good deal. Okay, okay. all right. And there you have it, my conversation with East Patrol Commander Major Jim Thomas. Thank you again, Major, for taking the time to talk with us. And thank you to the audience for listening, as always. I'm your host, Paul Thompson, signing out. Thank you once again for listening to this episode. And thank you to our sponsor, the Northeast Kansas City International Taste and Tour. This annual event will be held on Saturday, September 9th from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. VIP tickets to the event include a special reception from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m., which features Ethiopian cuisine from Blue Nile and a Nigerian experience from My Village Grill. The VIP tickets will also include beer tasting and a boozy botanical signature drink. For more information, visit nekcchamber.com.